I think you think I'm a bit hard on you for like appearance stuff, but that's I'm five thousand times harder on myself because I can't yeah. forgive my nineteen year old self for choosing only how I look as like the number one thing. Mm-hmm. So when I see it in other people, even a little bit, even though I know that's not what you're doing, mm-hmm. it fucks me. Bonjour. Bonjour. Comment ça va? Ça va. So, so. Comme si, comme ça? Comme si, comme ça. That's it. <laughs> I've, I've maxed out of my French. Married. <laughs> <laughs> that does not shock me. That's like the one word you know. Welcome to episode 10. 10. Double digits. Have we told people that we're doing 100 episodes? I think we said that in the first episode. I can't remember though. We're 10% there. You're stuck with us for another 90. <laughs> 90. <laughs> At least. Today we have a doozy. We do have a doozy. This is like not a sequel to the dog episode, but I think it's going to have a similar essence. Yeah. We're talking about some of our, I don't know, most challenging experiences that we've had on this planet. <laughs> for me, yeah. Yeah. I would say this is number two. In terms of like fucked with my head. Yeah, don't feel like you need literally to literally and figuratively. <laughs> That's a little teaser. <laughs> Do we just send it? Get right into it? Yeah, let's get right into it. So what this episode is gonna be is Allie's going to be sharing her story of her balding. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm also going to be sharing my journey with my skin. This is something that Ali and I realize that we have quite similar experiences with and that we can relate to like the feelings that these physical things have manifested into how we feel about ourselves. It's really interesting and hopefully it will be relatable for people regardless of whatever type of struggles maybe other people have had with things that are tied to their appearance and then how it makes them feel and just like show up in the world. Totally. Yeah. Thank you for introducing. Yeah. Um, Okay. So I'll start with my story. Um, I used to have not like thick, luscious hair like Chelsea, but pretty normal hair. I could wear a high pony. I could, I just had whatever, like typical hair. Mm -hmm. And then in second year of undergrad, I, um, I went to Western, which I think is actually relevant data for this. Long story short, I started restricting my eating to lose weight and I dyed my hair blonde in order to like fit in with what I perceived at that time to be a quote unquote hot, like attractive, desirable person because of my restrictive eating and dying, bleaching my hair, like Mm -hmm. full bleach. I lost like, I would say 60% of my hair. It hasn't grown back. Um, This is like over 10 years. This is over 10 years ago. There's so much that goes into this. So Okay, so I lost my hair and I was I was bald at the age of 20. Not full bald, but like you can <laughs> see. Bald bald is a term that Ali just uses <laughs> as like kind of to be funny. Yeah. Don't don't if anyone's listening and like doesn't know what Ali looks like, she's never been bald. No, <laughs> like I, she's talking about thinning. Her hair has yeah. substantially thinned. Yeah. Like you could like there's it's like parting the red sea up here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you I, can you can see scalp. Yeah, you can see scalp. I can't yeah. wear a high ponytail. she chooses not to i can but it's you don't feel like it's a flattering look yeah i just it's patchy yeah obviously i knew i was balding because it's obvious to me and everyone around and i kind of coped with it in different ways so the first way i coped with it like right off the bat when i was 20 was pretending that i wasn't bald like truly deny deny like complete avoidance a balding denier what I did is I went to a hairdresser and I got hair extensions glued into my head. Really intense. You know what? I'll send you some pictures. <laughs> I would love to. And it looks like to. I have dreadlocks. Yeah. So I went from, it, it actually kind of makes me sad for my younger self. Like people witnessing this, seeing someone who clearly has like no hair or thin hair. And then the next day they show up and they have dreadlocks. Like what? Uh, but my pea brain was like, 
that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pretend that I have really thick hair. And I wouldn't admit to people that they were extensions. Yeah. It's in, it's in the denial. Like you were believing your own lies almost. Yeah. I think with my close girlfriends, I talked about it, but like with boys, I just pretended that that was my hair. I I don't know. Like I'm sure they knew. I don't even know if they knew. Well, I remember you told me once too, that like when you'd be getting intimate with men, (laughs) you would like, make sure that they didn't touch your hair or like yes. run their hands through your hair. That was a big one. Yeah. I ended up then dating someone pretty seriously. We started dating when I had the like glue in dreadlocks. <laughs> I'm just going to call them dreadlocks. And I was like, I can't date this guy in seriousness with these in and either like not tell him or like just never let him touch my hair. Like that is like crazy. Yeah. Insane behavior. So yeah. I got them removed and I just wore my hair normally. Um, And I dyed my hair back brown and tried to be back to my balding slash natural self as much as possible. Yeah. But I was so insecure. I didn't actually tell him that I got them removed. I just got them removed and just like hoped that he didn't notice that my hair decreased in volume by 80%. Now, I guess, I don't know how I feel about my hair. Again, like I've only known you for, I don't even know how many months now, (laughs) like six, I was gonna say, let's say six months, but you've always approached it with like a sense of humor. I think that humor can be a a healthy coping mechanism, especially when you look at your track record with it, because at least when you're able to poke fun at yourself, you are at least not denying the situation. So I would say that that is at least a marginal improvement to how you once were handling it. Yeah, totally. It's like one step beyond avoidance. Yeah. But I'm not going to lie and say that like I have fully accepted it. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons why is because it was my fault that I lost my hair. I didn't nourish myself properly. I dyed my hair in order to attract the validation of men or or even women like peers Mm -hmm. like to try to be hot and fill this like... Mm -hmm attractiveness void that I thought I had what didn't help too is when I when I restricted my eating and dyed my blonde hair I'm not joking like men started like like being way more interested in me it's so bad because then it's a it's a self-fulfilling loop yeah like it reinforced my decisions and I actually think it's pretty common particularly when people start losing weight they it gets reinforced people start saying to you oh you look so good like what are you doing you look incredible and it's always so weird too because people are never like have you lost weight like they talk around it it's so damaging i know i'll never forget i hooked up with a guy about like five years after i had like regained weight and was like healthily eating and was back to my like quote-unquote normal self Mm -hmm. but he had known me forever and i made a comment like oh like i was like exhibiting anorexic behavior the last time you saw me and he said to me but you look so good he said that but and he wasn't saying it he was like oh but you look so good as if like that would (laughs) i don't even know why did he say that like it was just like so it's so fucked up anyway i think the part that i want to yeah ask you some more questions about is okay so when you were saying that like the reason why you feel like maybe you haven't accepted it totally still now is because you feel responsible that like your actions were a cause and effect of like why you are now dealing with this. So it feels like to me, it's almost like you feel like you don't have a right to forgive yourself. You should be punishing yourself and you should feel guilty because this is something that you did. 100%. It even um, comes out like when I see peers restrict their eating um or or like dyeing their hair blonde Mm -hmm. i i project my insecurity and i'm like i hate that behavior on you like why are you doing that to yourself because it's like i haven't forgiven myself for doing it to me Mm -hmm. and i also at the same time feel envy when i see someone doing those things and they do still have hair or they they I can't outwardly see the physical consequences, not saying that there aren't, there definitely are, but I'm like, why was I, well, why was my lesson so like 
appearance based and everyone can see the mm-hmm. mistake I made. Like, mm-hmm. why couldn't it have been something else? I relate so heavily to that. I don't know if it makes sense for me to tell my story so that yeah. we can then go back and forth about like the things that we can compare and contrast. I think you should. Okay. Hold, hold that. We're coming back okay. to that. Cause that's okay. really important. Okay. So my story is like, in my eyes, very common. I just had problematic skin from when I was about like 15. I had the typical like T-zone acne and you know, my mom didn't know like that much stuff. She was like, Oh, I'll take her to the doctor. She I'll buy her like the acne face wash, like whatever, like health and medicine and stuff was like so different even 15 years ago. So I go to the doctor, they put me on birth control as a 15 year old. Also, like I was like secretly like, okay, great. Now I can have sex with my boyfriend. And so I was like, I'm not going to protest, but like I need it for acne. So like, I like didn't question it at all. And I get put on hormonal birth control, like the pill at 15 years old, which now I think is fucking insane. Uh, But at the time, that was like really a standard course of action for most people. Anyway, it helped. It improved like a little bit. And it was also totally relative. Like I always considered myself like, I don't know, like a somewhat pretty face. And like, so a little bit of acne to me was like a big deal. I know that many people have like way more severe cases, but for me, it did feel severe. And again, like it was on my face. Like it was literally how I face the world every day. And it was just like a really big challenge for me to like start getting used to my appearance not feeling as good as I as I wanted it to be and anyway then like in university I ended up developing like more hormonal acne like you know most people know what I'm talking about but like kind of the more cystic big ones like on my chin and my jaw and then I decided to switch my birth control after university because again birth control is like fucking weird this is a whole other separate conversation we'll do a hormone episode (laughs) but yeah it it like I find that they've gone through trends like so then it was sort of trending to get an IUD at this time. So then I got the Marina IUD. As soon as I got it put in, my face went crazy. I literally, like when I was saying before that it like wasn't that bad, this was now actually objectively severe cystic acne. Like my cheeks and my jaw were like purple. The really textured, like cratered type of pimples that's that last for like months at a time sometimes and like it was so severe to the point when I'd be sleeping the like open pimples would like stick to my pillowcase I'd wake myself up in the night when I'd move because it'd be like ripping the open wounds like off of my pillow and that was for sure like my lowest lowest point like I felt like I couldn't really leave the house I didn't really want to go out if I did I had to have like a huge thick face of makeup on and like looking back at photos and stuff it looks horrible like the makeup I was doing but I felt like it was better because I was so delusional that I was just like as long as I'm covering up this acne in some way it's better but like oh my god I looked insane so then at this point when I was so desperate I also got put on Accutane by my like family doctor dermatologist combo they were like yeah 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 you're definitely a candidate for Accutane like let's go on it for anybody that knows this is like a very harsh vitamin a derivative that's like extremely hard on your system and your liver you have to be monitored with blood work monthly you cannot get pregnant on it like it is you can't drink alcohol right you're not supposed to um you like are guaranteed that your child will have like birth complications and like you like it's very very hard on your system for anyone that doesn't know um but again when you are in this desperate of a situation i did not even think twice about it like i was like you could inject me with like anything right now and if you're telling me that it will get rid of my acne like sign me up if it were to take 10 years off my life i'd be like do it are we trigger warning like i don't sorry but like one of the things with accutane is that like big big stickers and stuff on the packaging many people experience like depression and like suicidal ideation and i would like always laugh when i would see that sticker and i'm like no you idiots like it's not the medication it's the acne it's like people they're confusing it's like you want to die when you feel like your face is disfigured it's not the medication that's doing that you're just giving these drugs to already depressed people anyway so i did a course of the drugs it helped a little bit but it definitely did not like cure me some people have like totally like miracle experiences with it can i say it's a band-aid i don't know so this is what this is where i'm about to go yeah actually what happened was is i met my ex-boyfriend at a boyfriend at the time who was in nutrition school and it came from like a very natural family like kind of hippie-ish family and when they heard that I had been on Accutane and that I had an IUD they were like we're not gonna tell you what to do but like 
that might be the problem. <laughs> so anyway, I ended up seeing a hiring a professional <laughs> um, naturopath and I took out the IUD and I changed up a lot of things with my diet and my um, nutrition. And that's when I started to actually see my skin change. And you went off Accutane. I went, I, yeah, yeah. I finished the you course stopped. of Accutane. Yeah. It was like six months or whatever. And then I got my IUD. So I was all like natch. I was natty. <laughs> I learned through that experience that like the naturopath, like literally had to explain to me is they were like, all these things that you're doing are band-aids. Like you're not actually solving the root problem. Like your body is trying to tell you something. You are experiencing inflammation on your face. That is like your little body inside of you being like, Hey, Hey, listen to me. Like something's not right. Hey, 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 look like trying to flag me down and be like, help me. And I was just like, drugs, birth control, shut up, makeup, like whatever. And I was like not willing to deal with like being like, oh, hey, little body, what actually can I do to solve this problem? One of the other things that they told me is they were like, you need to give yourself time and you need to give yourself compassion. I don't know how like woo woo you want to get with this, but like if you're really, really stressed and if you are like constantly hating yourself, like that is putting stress on you and like acne is an inflammatory response that is connected with cortisol and stress and all these things and like none of this is a magic pill that's like overnight going to do this this is all like little pieces that you need to put together into a puzzle to like just get your system back to a happy place and anyway this is a really long tangent if anyone like actually (laughs) is like dealing with this and wants like my real step-by-step process of how you got there literally reach out to me i will i will walk you through it girls gotta eat podcast Mm -hmm. one of the hosts always talks about her hair extensions and how she like right before sex she like hides them under the bed or like puts them in a drawer mm-hmm. and i i don't want to speak for her obviously because she's so outward about it and like they joke about it so much but i'm like i wonder if if you are experiencing the same thing that i am where like you're just kind of not listening to your body and you're just so hurt by the fact that that your hair isn't like luscious that you are doing all these things and i don't know not actually like giving yourself a hug and being like how can i heal my anxiety or depression or whatever and then my hair will follow Mm -hmm. the reason why i wanted to tell my story about my skin and relate it back to you is because when you were talking about the part about how you can't forgive yourself because you feel like it's something that you did i want to like flip that on its head potentially not to say that i'm about to cure you but what really really worked for me and like i think you could hear it a little bit when i was telling my story there i used to have a lot of resentment like what you were saying for people that had really clear skin especially people that would like eat a lot of sugar and eat a lot of like crap and like pizza and dairy and whatever because when i was healing my skin i like did a lot of like these elimination diets and stuff i was so angry at people that could do that and they had perfect skin or the the girls that are like i don't even wash my face or like men that are like i wash my face with water i wash my face in the shower like it used to make me crazy and i wanted to punch people in the face and i felt so angry about it and i was like you don't understand i'm doing everything right and yet my skin is still just not cooperating like why and i felt so embarrassed i literally had this warped perception where like everyone looking at me i was like they think i'm dirty they think i treat my body like shit they think that i'm like eating crap that i'm drinking that i'm like that i don't wash my face that like i don't know how to take care of myself and i was like so insecure about that because of like the images that I thought people were creating about me and my lifestyle and I was like no 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 like this doesn't match up I wish I could like put a sign on my forehead and be like no 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 like I actually eat vegetables was so fucked and like that's where my insecurity came from but the way that I ended up and like where I still feel now how I got onto the other side of that is I actually was like I'm so grateful that my body gave me a warning sign as benign as acne. I think that other people are not so lucky and they never get a warning sign. In modern life, a lot of people, you know, like they eat fast food and they they drink and they don't sleep enough and they don't, whatever. They're stressed. There's lots yeah. of, they're stressed, yes. Like there's lots of things in our life that are just built in where like we're not treating our bodies as well as we could. And then people get like, they don't get the warning signs and they they have a heart attack they get cancer just like there's a lot more severe consequences and the way i and I'm, this is not i'm so sorry like i'm <laughs> i don't want to offend anyone with like that in any which way but the way that it worked for me to develop compassion for myself is i was like wow thank you body for like giving me a little rash 
to like let me know that like I'm doing stuff that's like causing inflammation and causing stress to my system. Like that is like a really light tap on the shoulder to just be like, hey, can you do a little bit better? So in your situation, you feeling like shit that your hair fell out when you were depriving yourself of nutrition is actually incredible. I know. I was just I was just thinking about that now because now I'm thinking of the people I know in my life who are still depriving themselves and some of them have no quote unquote physical consequences but yeah. mentally they're fucked. Like sorry. They're not getting like there's no warning negative. Sign. They're not getting yeah. any negative re- or like immediate or like physical repercussions yeah. for it. They're only getting like the rewards of it. Like right. they're just being skinny and they're like they're getting what they want with no downside but like that's not actually sustainable and like right like you actually do want your body to speak up i'm starting to see now that the downsides outwardly are so nothing like and that's why now i nourish my body more but mm-hmm. like you're right i'm lucky that it's hair like it it totally flipped for me like i felt like people were lucky that could treat their bodies like shit Mm -hmm. and have no repercussions but it's actually now i see it the other way is i'm like good job body like you're actually working well it just makes sense though that every day i show people my mistake still like your skin's clear now and so i still have work to do but i don't want to tie it to that outcome like do you know what i mean like i want to be thankful for my body giving me a sign but i also still have that hope that like i could get you my version of clear skin mm-hmm. you have no scars that's, that's yeah. what i was gonna say like i feel like i have a very unusual experience that i have no scars especially like because i had like the really cratered textured like almost always that results in scars and like if you want to have clear skin after that like you have to get like laser or chemical like resurfacing and for whatever reason i did not get any scarring like that woo woo and annoying but like i genuinely believe that it's because like i actually got to a place where i forgave myself and i properly accepted my situation and i feel like i got like a little reward for just being like you did it and you did it properly and like i don't think it hurts anyone for me to feel that way because to me that like motivates me to like with other problems in my life to do it the right way go through it and like there you can get to the other side it's so sad i know well because also i don't i think you think i'm a bit hard on you for like appearance stuff but that's i'm five thousand times harder on myself because i can't forgive my 19 year old self for choosing only how I look as like the number one thing. Mm -hmm. So when I see it in other people, even a little bit, even though I know that's not what you're doing, Mm -hmm. it fucks me. It's okay. We can go. I cry. I cry every seventh episode. (laughs) I genuinely believe that you're going to get there. I really, really do. I can see that like your mindset is shifting and like you're doing the work. And like, I genuinely do believe that you're going to get to a place where like you fully accept and forgive and like love yourself. You'd made mistakes in the past, but you did your best with the information that you had at the time. And you were like a little baby. You were like a 17 year old just trying to like make your way in the world. Like you're such a fragile little baby. When I think of you and when I also think of me, like I, I know this is like a popular way or like an approach for like healing stuff like this is like you do think of your kid self. And I literally just like want to reach through time and like give little Allie a squeeze. That little baby like thought that that was the right thing to do. And like, I'm so sorry that she hurt you. Pause. Yeah. I was going to say I need a tissue. maybe okay i'm back if you guys were listening to the first episode which god bless because that was a fun one um i mentioned that one of the reasons why i didn't think i would like chelsea is because she showed up as this like hot girl who was like really liked boys a lot and always talked about dating and i felt like boys were the number one thing on her list and a lot of that like initial hatred not hatred obviously but i'm just gonna say it judgment judgment yeah Yeah. that's the word is because i i have showed up like that in the past and i'm just like so embarrassed and and shameful i don't know why i hate it so much like 
I still don't understand, I guess. Like, it's not that wild for a 19-year-old girl to want to change her appearance to get boys to like her. So, like, why am I so... Why do I have so much animosity towards that? I have no idea. To offer, like, an idea, potentially, about what to something to explore is that... I know I do this with other things. I'm going to really oversimplify this. Say that, like, attracting the opposite sex is, like, a game, okay? And... If you feel like you have like a chance in the game, like you're going to play the game harder because it's like you feel like you actually have a shot, right? But it's like if you feel like you don't even have a chance, if you can't compete with the other people in the game, then you're just like, I'm getting out of this game. Like, and you just like completely withdraw. Like, I can't lose if I'm not playing your game. I'm wondering if like it's like kind of swung the whole other way. You're like, you know what? I tried to keep up I went I took it so extreme as to like harm myself so then you just kind of like went the whole other way and you're like I'm not even gonna play this game like fuck mascara fuck my hair like fuck my clothes like I just don't even care like I'm just if people are gonna like me they're gonna like me for me and like I'm taking the physical appearance just like off the table and if that wasn't obvious that's how I currently present <laughs> I'm able to make jokes about it because Ali talks about it all the time yeah and, like we have an open dialogue no. about that because I don't know what yeah. it, but I I I completely agree, but I also still don't know. Even like in high school and like going to university, I could never dress myself. All my friends have always had to dress me. Um, I would borrow all their clothes, sometimes steal it. (laughs) Like not steal, (laughs) but you know, I'm like, well, I've had it for a year now, so now it's mine. (laughs) I never could do makeup well. So like that part of me, I'm trying to straddle like that part of me, which is actually who I am but also want to look attractive at the same time Mm -hmm. and not be full blown where I'm at now where I like, I walk outside of my house almost every day and don't look in the mirror first. I'm not joking. I'm not like, I'm not saying that with pride. No, I'm I'm saying that with like, I don't even look in the mirror. Okay. I'm going to offer it. I'm literally in real time throwing out different ideas for like maybe you to chew on live or later. I don't care. I'm ready for it. (laughs) Another one that, again, I relate to in other ways is the fear of being seen trying. If you put out into the world that you're not even trying, you're like, look at me, guys. Obviously, I'm not trying. I'm not wearing makeup. I don't even look in the mirror. Then it's like you don't ever have to fear that, like, there's always space for people to think that it's like, oh, well, if she tried, what would that be like? How do I explain this? No, no, no. I know what you're saying. (laughs) You don't have to ever fear rejection of like when you are maximizing your potential because there's always you're leaving a buffer for being like but i'm not even trying it's like in school when people are like i didn't try so i don't care what i got yeah versus trying and failing and it's so funny because in i remember in law school actually my ex who i i don't want to talk bad about him because i actually do really like him and he's a great dude 100 percent. but i remember one of the things i disliked about him most and it's because i was projecting which i now know is he wouldn't try in school and and just like get a b and he'd be like well i didn't try so it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. and i would be like i would like you so much more if you tried and failed than if you didn't try and get a b yeah but i do that with appearance yeah you, you want to know like another thing that I think people do this in all the time that I don't even think people realize is, you know, people that like can't take a serious photo, like in every photo, someone that like puts up a peace sign. I genuinely think that it's because they have a history of not liking the way that they look in photos when they just like are normal. So they're like, I'm going to make every photo like I'm not trying to yeah. look nice in a funny photo. I'm going to yeah. make it a silly photo because then I never have to deal with like other people and myself looking at a photo and thinking like, that's them trying to look nice in a photo. I, I've had this problem my whole life. The effortlessness um, obsession. F- for example, I'm a pretty muscular person, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, like people are like, oh, like your arms are so toned. If they said that to me, I'd mm-hmm. be like, yeah, I have really great genetics. Or it's like, I can't admit that like, I I don't know. I don't know what it is with me. It's, it's like avoid. It's like the opposite of avoidance. Like with my hair. Mm-hmm. Okay. I... I'm so upset at myself when I did something Mm -hmm. that it created this outward appearance that I hate. So I've just removed myself Mm -hmm. from doing anything, like having any 
effort towards appearance, good or bad. So like even the good parts about me, I'll just, I just step away from and don't even like think about. How does this tie into you saying that you want to live a high agency life? I don't know. I feel like there's something there because, okay, high agency means things that you have control over. Maybe this doesn't make sense to bring in. I don't know. Just try. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm literally like real time trying to figure this out. Why is it so embarrassing or whatever for me to, to try to look good? I have this like other part of me that's like, let's take it in dating where I like really want someone to like me, not for what I look like. I really have that strong thing Mm -hmm. about me. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that is. Okay. So back to being compassionate for my younger self. I was actually recently speaking to one of my really close friends and um, we were talking about a mistake that our mutual friend had made that was, was hurting her. I was like, I find it very difficult to forgive people's mistakes. I don't know what it is, but when they do something that really hurts me or hurts someone else, I, I really latch onto it. Mm-hmm. And I want that person to show up perfectly. And she was like, yeah. She's like, I'm not surprised because you don't forgive yourself for any of the mistakes you've made. This is the same friend that always fucking tells me these nuggets. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Dude, that is like such an unlock for me because it just pointed out a big difference that you and I have. And I think that there's something to this. Ali is somebody that really believes in justice. Would you say that you're somebody that holds grudges? Yes, but working on it. But working on it. As of six months ago. This is not good or bad. This is I'm pointing out a difference here. Just like go with me on this. Whereas I am somebody that like, I do not feel strongly about justice and I do not feel, I do not hold grudges. I am like a really firm believer that like holding grudges is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. And I think that's like this whole thing. It's like, it's about forgiveness and it's about acceptance. It's about compassion. It's about humans are fallible. I'm punishing my younger self. I feel so excited by all these ideas, but feel like I'm absolutely tripping over how to like package it up. I'm taking revenge on my younger self by showing up now with zero cares and completely avoiding itself. It's like, fuck you. You tried so hard to look hot. You're never allowed to do that again because you made such a mistake. And now you don't get to be hot anymore. Yeah, you're literally holding a grudge to your past self. You refuse to like accept the like evolution of that person and and properly forgive them. And then also now with like a beginner's mind, like re-meet yourself. You're not the old version, past version of yourself. This is so wild too, because yesterday I was talking to my dad and he was talking about people who don't pick up dog shit on our lawn. I think I potentially get this vengeance streak from him because he was like just ranting about it. And he was like, I'm just going to take that piece of their dog shit and like throw it out their window. And I, and I like (laughs) stepped back and I was like, isn't that hurting you more than them? Like they're still going to leave their dog shit on our lawn, but you're going to have to pick up dog shit and go to their house and throw it at them and then just be so angry about it. Almost nothing is worth like disrupting your own peace. And it's just like, yeah, what they did was wrong. They should not let their dog shit on other people's lawns. That's like very objectively wrong. But like me then retaliating and like doing something like aggressive or violent or, and then also getting, allowing myself to get worked up about it is like, all of those things are negative. It does. It's the two wrongs don't make a right. You're not correcting the thing that initially went wrong. You're, you're just causing now other secondary and tertiary issues. I've showed up in such terrible ways because of this personality defect that I have. No, it's, I think it's such like a, this is not meant to be a scapegoat on this, but I do feel like it is generational. Like our parents' generation is so much more just like black and white about this stuff. And like, I think that like this whole like vengeance thing is like so much more common in that. And it's like, yeah, if you were raised by people like that, that's by nature and nurture the way that you're going to adopt being but then that's the beauty of growing up is like you have the opportunity to reparent yourself and to like learn different ways of how you want to conduct yourself in the world and maybe this is now you learning this lesson and it's so funny that like this conversation is about Allie's hair thinning because of her eating disorder in university but now we're talking about like wanting to throw dog shit at the neighbor's house when they, whatever. But do you see the connection? Like, I actually think it's all no, very, very together. I completely agree. (laughs) 
And you know what I've been doing the past like few months, which has actually changed my life internally, mm-hmm. not externally yet, but, and we've talked about this on a previous episode. I say, have I conducted or am I conducting myself in the best way that I can? And that'll never be revenge. And it'll never be punishing myself for something I did 11 years ago when it made sense at the time to me. One of the hardest things that like I'm personally on a journey with that I think is related to this, I think it's very hard as an operator of your own self to know when to be hard on yourself and when to be gentle on yourself. Oftentimes we do them completely backwards. <laughs> and I think like usually if your instinct in like a negative headspace is to like go hard on yourself, you actually need to go easy on yourself. And if you're in a negative headspace and you're going too easy on yourself, you actually need to go hard on yourself. And I think that's very present right here is that like you've been going so hard on yourself about something that actually requires gentleness and compassion. You know, I can tell you this and you can logically understand it, but to like actually go on the journey of like fully internalizing that in your own heart is, is like a very long process. And I think that you are totally moving in that direction. Yeah. I think I just also need to trust myself that, cause that's a big part of it too. Like Trust that I'm not going to stop nourishing my body the way I did 10 years ago. I'm not going to seek validation from men just to, just to seek validation from them. Like I I know that. So I can now show up better. Everything is a lesson. I'm a firm believer of like, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. You've had to fool me once. You fell into the thing of being like, yeah, I should deprive myself of nutrition so that I can be smaller. Yeah, I should change my appearance and like harm my hair because like I want the validation of boys. Okay, you learn that. You touch the stove, hot, hot. (laughs) But if you go touch the stove again, then you know that like you're going to be triple as hard on yourself because you're like, I fucking knew I was supposed to learn this lesson already. And I got it served up to me in a pretty severe way that I've been dealing with the consequences with of still now. I think that that's like where the trust part comes in is like, you have to potentially open yourself up to being vulnerable that like you, if, okay, here, whoa, if you were to shift into being like, okay, maybe I do want to put more effort into like my appearance and stuff. You have to trust that you're not going to fall completely down that rabbit hole again and bleach your hair till it falls out. And that you're going to do make that same mistake all over again. And I, I totally see how that requires trust in yourself. I have said this to Ali many, many times and I don't, I want to derail this episode completely. Is it okay if I mention peanut butter quickly? Oh yeah. (laughs) I did not know you were going to mention that for sure. (laughs) Do you want to just quickly explain your relationship with peanut butter? Okay. (laughs) So I am powerless over peanut butter. (laughs) Like I, if there's a jar of peanut butter in my house, it does not a full jar. It does not last more than a day. I will eat the entire thing. And that's in addition to all meals. Like I, I'll go back and put a scoop in every once in a while. I'll sit and like watch TV and just eat it like ice cream. Interestingly though, when I'm doing it, I'm savoring it. It's not where I like come to and I've like, You're like binged an entire um, thing of peanut butter. I like slowly eat the entire jar. I'm talking the entire jar of peanut butter. The way that like, I've interpreted this from Ali explaining it to me is like she's healed her relationship with food, but the one kryptonite still her little Achilles heel is peanut butter. And that's where it just like still rears its head is like, she is fine with every other food, but peanut butter is a problem for her. So now what I do is I don't keep peanut butter in the house because I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to remove the trigger and that solves my problem, which like, I am not an expert on this at all. But like when she said that to me from an uninformed person, I said to her, I was like, yeah, of course that's like a solution. And like, if you're in a dire situation where like, it's like really harming you and stuff like, yeah, for sure. You should just take it out of the house. Just like remove it all together. But I was like, you know, deep down, you didn't solve the problem. You didn't conquer this issue. You've just omitted it, which is a fine solution sometimes. But then I was like, if you actually do want to get to a place where you feel like you've solved it, is the objective not to be able to have peanut butter in the house and not just eat it all in one day? To me, that's what you need to be working towards, like that you can trust yourself 
having peanut butter in the house. I agree. But then you said what I thought was even more important. And you said, but right now you are working on so many things and maybe peanut butter. It's not the time to have a peanut butter jar in your house because you can take one step at a time and that can come later. I think when I get to the peanut butter thing where I I can have peanut butter back in my house without feeling like I need to eat the entire thing, I think I'll be in a good place. You have to have the bandwidth to tackle certain things. And if like you have a solution right now that's keeping you afloat, you don't need to constantly be putting yourself into this state of like, I have to solve everything and I have to figure everything out. Like there's a time to put your foot on the gas and take your foot off. And like, you've got other things that you're working on right now. And I think that's amazing. And also potentially later by working through these other things that you're working on, it's going to make it so much easier for you. You're going to have more tools available to you. I don't know if that was like a totally crazy tangent, but to me, the whole idea of like trusting yourself and forgiving yourself and all of that is like wound into these types of like behaviors that we that we all fucking have like everyone has these little like neuroses that we do and like whether it's your skin or your hair or how you eat or your weight or like whatever like everybody has them it's really fucking hard being a human being and just like managing all this shit totally and i think it does make sense like to tie the peanut butter in the end because when I'm eating that entire jar of peanut butter, I'm saying to myself, I don't deserve to treat my body with respect. It, it doesn't matter if, if like someone should like me, even though I can't see a jar of peanut butter without consuming the whole thing. Like mm-hmm. this shouldn't matter. You know what I mean? It's like the not deserving of respecting myself. It kind of reminds me of, I think there is a name for this, but like in relationships, romantic relationships, people sometimes like push their partners away. It's like you're testing their love for you. And it actually comes from a place of like deep insecurity and like abandonment that like you feel fear that they're going to leave you. So then you're like, no, I'm going to push them away because I want to like test how far I can push them because I know they're going to leave me anyway. So I'm just going to like control it. And like, to me, that's kind of what this feels like you're like I'm gonna like let it all hang out I'm bald I can't control myself around peanut butter and like you better still love me because I have other lovable things about me and like if you can't accept me at my worst and you don't deserve me at my best and it's kind of you just like being like a big fuck you to people that are like more surface about like the qualities that they choose to like love about somebody so it's like it's almost rooted in self-love if you think about it (laughs) okay Because you're just being like, who cares about my hair? Who cares about if I can control myself around peanut butter? Like those things are actually not core to who I am. And I think that in a weird warped fucking way, it actually may come from a place of self-love. Because you're like, no, I'm a good person. No, I'm funny. No, I'm smart. Like I have incredible qualities. And if you just want to focus on these other ones that are shitty, like fuck you. No, I, I completely agree. Like to me, if someone came up to me a guy or a girl and was like you're bald i actually wouldn't feel pain but if someone came up to me and they were like i really don't think you're funny at all okay maybe that's actually part of the reason why you beat yourself up so much about having thin hair is because you're like if i know that about myself then like nobody can hurt me, me hurt me with it i'm beating them to the punch yeah yes that's what i do all the time with my bald jokes i i beat people to the punch i think that comedy is a very interesting coping mechanism and i think that like sometimes it can be healthy but obviously like if you take it to an extreme maybe not so much it's all relative right so it's like when Allie was like denying that her hair was thinning and she was just like putting in extensions and like that type of stuff she was in a full-on stage of avoidance and denial but at least now if she's able to make jokes about it to me that's like a step in the right direction that is a marginal improvement that at least sure maybe joking's not like the absolute best way of dealing with it but to me it's marginally better than like not even acknowledging it at all but yeah there's such a fine line with self-deprecating humor when does the funny become like so insecure like I will admit it when I, when a guy is too self deprecating in his humor, I'm just not attracted to him anymore. It's too much. Mm-hmm. And so I've actually tried to curate the, the right amount of humor with my baldness mm-hmm. and with other things about me, but it's a tough to do. I was never able to joke about my skin. I did not think there was 
anything funny about it. <laughs> but now I've gotten to a place where like when I reflect back on it and now I have like other skin issues. My skin is like <laughs> loves <laughs> to cause problems. That is my body's way of communicating any issue is like through skin things. I joke with my friends. I have another friend. <laughs> Robin, if you're listening, that's also kind of like this. And we joke, we're like, we're rash girls. I'm kind of just being funny about it. And it's just like been able to like minimize it in my own head. I don't need to freak out that I have like a rash because of something. I'm just like, yeah, my body's gonna rash. We know this, like, it's funny. I don't know. Like I've just come to a place where like, I can just kind of joke about it. And I'm just like, it is what it is. It's it's not that deep. I think like the final piece of this that I want to include before we wrap up is my journey with Ali talking to me about her hair is like initially when she first started joking about it, like I was worried. I was like, wait, am I allowed to laugh at these jokes? And then as we got closer, there was like one day when we were at her house and we started talking about her hair and she started crying. And that was the first time that I ever saw Ali cry. And it also just like waterworks like instantly as we started talking about it. And I was just kind of like, oh fuck. Like I didn't realize that it was like this serious because she was making jokes about it and stuff. Like I didn't realize that there was like a lot of layers to just like how hard this was for you. So that's when I first discovered that. And then through that conversation, you were like, no, like even though I'm crying, like don't feel bad for me. Like I am working on it. Like I am in a better place with it. Like I'm okay. Like let's talk about it. I was like, well, have you ever like tried to do anything to like have your hair look better? Like I was like, have you tried supplements? Have you tried rosemary oil? Have you tried shampoos? Like whatever. Obviously you see all the ads for these types of Mm -hmm. things. You were like, yep, I've tried them all. (laughs) (laughs) I trust that that you've exhausted all those options and like, okay, that's, that's a thing. But then I said to her, I was like, well, I've seen like, you know, like people, like fill in their hairlines and stuff, you know, like the slick bun, the clean girl aesthetic, whatever is like so trendy right now. And I see people all the time that don't even necessarily have thin hair that are like buying products to like color in their hairline or to like fill in their part, whatever. And I was like, it looks really good. I always see people advertising online, like the before and afters are crazy. I was like, have you tried that? And you were like, no, I haven't. And I was like, well, why don't you, why don't you try? And I was like, I don't think that it's bad to try to potentially like improve the appearance of it because maybe it will make you feel more confident. And it's like the same thing as wearing makeup where it's like, you don't always have to wear it. You can just do it for special occasions or if like you're going to a wedding or if you're going on a date or like whatever, maybe this is just like a little tool that like you could experiment with for if you want like a little boost of confidence because you don't always need to show up in the world with like your scars wide open. Like they're, they're, you can sometimes keep that for yourself i don't know make that information available to people when you're ready yeah and and i was initially avoiding all um sorts of like that type of products products and and i was only like i was taking biotin i was trying all these different shampoos and all that stuff because i was so reluctant to do the thing i had done 10 years ago which is like put hair extensions into my hair and like right exactly but then i bought them yeah and okay, I know we're not. <laughs> I'm just gonna say, Boldify is amazing. <laughs> Sponsor us? <laughs> like, it's so easy to do, which is so important. And it's just like baby powder, but mm-hmm. it's brown. Mm-hmm. And you put it on your scalp. I'm not wearing it today, but <laughs> maybe next time. I feel so much better about it. And who cares? If I just feel better that day, that's all it's doing. I'm not lying to the world and saying I have a really thick hair and I've, and I've always, and I've never restricted my eating and I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I'm just, I'm just like improving my confidence a bit. I always think it's so fascinating when two things can like outwardly look the same, but they have like completely different motivations behind them. So like you could argue that you getting hair extensions or you using like hair powder look like the same thing on the outside you're like covering it up you're you're making it seem like something that it's not but it's like when you were doing the hair extensions it was like you were in a completely different state of mind you were like denying it you felt a lot of shame you were like just wanted the reality to be completely different whereas i think now when you have been open to experimenting with these types of products you're like I have accepted more that like I have thin hair and like maybe it's okay to experiment with these things. And yes, I'm on a journey to like accepting it and like whatever. And it's just, it's coming from such a different place where you're not like I'm living a lie. You're just like, no, I'm giving myself a little boost of confidence. Like why would I deprive myself from that? This is why I think 
plastic surgery. It's like, the same conversation. It's the same conversation. If you get a nose job and that just makes you feel confident throughout the day, awesome. But if you're getting a nose job because you're extremely insecure and you think that you need to fix your face in order to get some sort of validation and then it extends to something else and then it extends to something else, that's completely different. I'm not, and I'm not judging you either way. Obviously I've done that shit with any type of cosmetic stuff. Yeah. Like there's so much at play. There's and so much. We were going to do a beauty episode, but like, even when you're just saying that now, for example, I get Botox in my forehead and around my eyes. I'm very transparent with that. Like since the very first time that I got it done, I've told everyone, I was like, yeah, I get Botox. Like I have a video clip like on my Instagram of me, like literally getting the injections. Like I'm just like, I think that it's really important that we are like transparent with stuff. And that's where the whole like, beauty industry is so dangerous it's like when people are lying and then people are comparing it against other people and whatever so like i think it's great that like we're just having this open conversation i think it's really really interesting and the whole point is like everyone has insecurities you can accept them you can work to change them this is a fucking callback from like a very early episode of like the yeah. when you notice something about yourself that you don't necessarily like do you accept it or do you change it that's kind of like maybe a situation where like you do both and like you are on a journey to accepting it and you've come a really long way with that but like potentially there's still space to go but then also you're allowed to do stuff to change it like by using products to fill in your hairline but like that doesn't take away from the fact that you still are accepting yourself yeah it doesn't have to be like an either or in that situation that's great guys everything's so convoluted life is really nuanced and there's a lot of ambivalence i don't, I don't know, know if you've you, ever heard me say that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two things can be true at the same time it's, it's true fucking true i also like i just want to give ali a super public shout out that like you're a cool person for being able to talk about this stuff and also like off camera before we recorded like ali said to me she was just like just so you know like i'm good like you can ask me whatever questions you want and like I'm open to talk about this. I hope you recognize that like that is a really hard thing to do and like I think you should give yourself a lot of credit that like you are much further on your journey than maybe you even realize because even though you're crying and even though it's hard to talk about the fact that you're willing to do it I think shows like a ton of good stuff. Thank you. <laughs> and you can cut this part but like I really hope someone is listening right now who's like 10 steps behind me and can maybe like change course. You know what I mean? I'm not going to cut that out. Okay. <laughs> I agree. I yeah. really hope so too. Just licked a little tear. <laughs> Salty. <laughs> there's no, there's no elegant yeah. way to end it. Thank you for listening to our stories and we hope that. And DM Chelsea, if you want skin, stuff for real she's done it all i'll tell you my life story yeah <laughs> don't dm me clearly because i haven't figured out how to make my hair that's not true yet. if you weren't if you want her affiliate link for <laughs> for boldify boldify sponsor us ali 10 percent. shout out to being a human being and doing our best <laughs> peace and love peace.